balm without harm. That's a fairly nifty wee phrase. And if you like that one, you'll probably like this other one that goes with it. half Fast stops here. Hi, everybody. I'm Aaron Meikle from Beef and Lamb New Zealand. Welcome to our latest Seen and Heard podcast. Um, hopefully, you've already seen and or heard those two phrases, whether it's online, in print, or, or possibly on the radio. Um, you're certainly going to hear quite a bit more about them over the next 30 or 40 minutes. Because I'm joined today by Lindy Nelson, who I don't think you've been on one of the Beef and Lamb Seen and Heard podcasts before, Lindy, but I also highly suspect our listeners will have counted you somewhere out there in one of your various guises. So welcome, Lindy. Um, figuratively, you wear a lot of hats. I don't know. You may actually um, literally wear hats, but I know figuratively you wear a number of hats. We were talking about a few of them before we started. But let's start with why you're here on the podcast today around the, the farm without harm. I mentioned those two cat phrases at the start. What's How about the quick snapshot? What's the organisation that's behind them? What's your role with them? Why are we talking to you? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a farmer, sheep and beef farmer uh, from Ekarahuna. I'm with my husband for 37 years. So you're talking to me because I am committed to finding solutions to the challenges which are are harming our farming folk and our workers. So that's one thing. I'm chair of Safer Farms, which is the organisation that is the kaitiaki or guardian of the Farm Without Harm strategy. And the Farm Without Harm strategy has been something that Safer Farms has worked on with the whole sector and with farmers for the last three years to really address and find solutions to the things that are harming us. Those two big things, no news to anyone who's listening, is the physical harm and the psychological harm. So they're the two big things that we really have to find solutions for. So Safer Farms is the organisation. Farm Without Harm is the the strategy. Um, Yep. Who are or what is Safer Farms? Are you an NGO, a Quango, a private organisation, a charity? What's where's it all? <laughs> well, all of those. We're on a mission to actually bring the bring us all together as a group of people: farmers, farming leaders, workers, anyone who uh, the you know the whole of the supply chain. We're on a mission to bring us together to find practical solutions for what is harming us. We are started out as a membership organisation. Started in 2016, actually, when the then um, CEO of Pamu had three deaths on his farm within 18 months. So despite having great policies, great procedures, great PP gear, three people didn't return home. So he realised that what we're talking about is health, safety and well-being was not paperwork or necessarily policies and procedures that were going to keep people safe. There was a bigger, deeper underlying problem. So he brought uh, industry leaders together and predominantly it started out as a membership organisation. So when I took over three years ago, we had started to think about what is the what is a whole sector response to this? So. Um, using some of our members' experiences in the last five years around things that they have done to see can we bring those experiences out to the wider farming sector and together, how do we solve this problem? So is that a bit of a quick sort of history and short answer? That's a good one. So um, we've had a couple of podcasts in the past with WorkSafe. Elma Cohn, who used to work there, but has moved on, and we'll link to those in in the blurb. Yep. Um, 
well, he's a fine young, fine looking gentleman, and he lives here in North Otago, so he's good, good start. <laughs> I, I was um, thinking I more gorgeous as he's been so committed um, in, you know, in his career yep. in, in helping farmers find solutions. Yeah. So anyway, where I was going without talking about Al's uh, relative physical attributes, um, <laughs> the WorkSafe are quite well known. What's your relationship with them? Just sort of setting the scene before we get into some of the nitty gritty. They're part of the solution. Absolutely, they're part of the solution. And I do want to remind farmers, because this kind of gets lost. Actually, anyone who runs and owns a business in New Zealand is, has to be compliant with the Act. And sometimes farmers can push back again. They can go, we don't want any more paperwork or compliance. Nobody does. But we do have a responsibility to actually care for people who work on our farm and actually ourselves as farmers and farming directors. So let's put that aside. WorkSafe, um, you know, is, is absolutely part of the solution, but, the, but we as farmers need to design what that solution looks like. And it is not paperwork and it is not compliance. No one piece of paperwork is ever gonna keep somebody safe. It's, it's the practices of what we do that is going to keep us safe. It's recognizing that right now we don't have enough systems in our farming system that if we fail, we can fail safely. So relationship with WorkSafe is great. We want them um, involved, but not in designing solutions for us. We want to do that. We want to take responsibility for that. That would be a nice segue to my next question, but I actually have another one. I just want to set a bit more background about your involvement and how you got involved. So um, I think we probably first came across each other. You were involved with the Agri Women's Development Trust. Um, yeah. We might as well, seeing as we're on here, just a a, a, precy, a, synapse, a synopsis of, of your time, what you did with Agri Women's Development Trust, and because I, I think that sort of leads into how you ended up here in the Safer Farms work as well. Well, you're right in that it started 37 years ago, Aaron, to be honest, when as a young bride um, coming into farming, there were two things that, you know, stuck out like the proverbials to me. One was, how did we get more women engaged um, in leadership and decision making? And that was from round their farm tables to, to on boards. And the second one was, oh, my goodness, we, we are maiming, we're killing people on our farms. I worried as a young bride, did would my husband come home? Would our farming team, no matter how careful they were, how much we might have talked about things, were they really safe out there? You know, I've been on a three-wheeler, for goodness sake. I mean, those things have gone, thank God. Um, and, you know, it ended up under the under the bike with my husband on top of me on my head. So I know the perils. Um, and the risks around farming. And in that time, it always it stayed with me as a, as a problem that I don't think we've completely solved. And if you look at the statistics, statistics will say we haven't. Okay. Well, let's jump onto that then. Tell us about the, the size of the prize, if you like, or so to speak. What do the stats tell us? What's, um, okay. so, and so relative to that, what's Farm Without Harm's aim? Yeah. The size of the prize... It's that no one should be harmed in the production of food. It's as simple as that. Anyone who goes to work should be able to return home to their loved ones safely at night. 
we lose far too much of the people we love, the people we work with, people in our community to mental harm and physical harm. So that's the size of the prize. The problem can be broken down into four main areas that we need to focus on. And these are gonna be no surprise to anyone. The first is that psychosocial harm. So our mental well-being. what is happening in our work environments that is causing us so much mental harm? The second one is vehicle related harm. And that is the one that really causes the death. Third is um, injuries around livestock um, handling. And the fourth one is what we'd almost call the hidden harm. So this is, this is our chemicals, our sprays, airborne diseases, the ones that aren't going to kill you instantly, but are going to kill you over life. They, they're going to make you uh, a miserable um, retired person that, if you're lucky, you know, is able to be home and you might have an airborne disease. If you're unlucky, you're sitting in a dementia care unit. Okay. And that's, that's the harsh reality. And we don't see enough of the effect of what we call those hidden harms. We don't see them, you know, until 20 or 30 years down the track when it's too late. So, yeah, there's, there's four big areas that we've got to address. Quick plug here, we've got a, um, just reminder, we've got a podcast with Matt Wyeth talking about his um, near brush, well, his near brush with death, but his certainly is involved with leptospirosis when you're talking about one of those um, zoonoses, one of those hidden harms that we don't tend to initially think of. So um, my that's husband, another one. Yep, my husband twice got lepto and once nearly died. Um, and so I'm very aware of of that that as well. Yeah, I was just talking to a school farm or with a school farm committee the other day, and I've lambed hundreds of ewes, never once with a glove, and probably not that particular about washing up afterwards. But it seems to be something that's um, spreading. So um, yeah, we were looking at our, our policies for that, particularly with uh, school boys. But anyway, that was a, a bit of a sidetrack. Um, <laughs> There's all that stuff going on. There's awareness. I know we were talking offline in 2015, 2016, I think Beef and Lamb New Zealand started our farm safety management program, both workshops for farmers and applying it ourselves at our events, which um, was a whole other story and how that went down and, and getting people used to a different way of doing things at some of these events. But it's been going on a long time, Lindy. There's a lot of publicity. I think that hardly anybody would be wouldn't aware of health and safety stuff. In fact, I remember monitor farms in the late 90s had been a bit of a, a bit of a debate. Um, What's different here? That the WIFM, what's in it for me? If I've a farmer that's listening to this podcast on their four-wheeler, not their three-wheeler, in their tractor, in the sharing shed, driving somewhere, whatever, um, podcasts are great because you can safely keep your eyes on the road and do all that sort of thing, a plug for why we're doing them. But what's in it for the farmer and, and what you guys are doing? What's different? What's the, or what's the, yeah, why should they engage? Yeah. So let's talk about what's different um, because I wouldn't be ever presumptuous to on an individual level say this is what's in it for you what's different about this is this is not about ass covering and i'm going to be really frank here a lot of the stuff that we've done in the past is to prove we're okay you know i'm going to have a policy around this or i'm going to um i'm going to document this but none of that will actually keep you safe on farm so the difference is this is us as a community a body of farmers and industry we are all lining up, A, acknowledging we, we have issues, and B, finding practical solutions 
taking a real deep dive and a re-look at those four high harm areas and thinking, what do we need to do differently? So instead of covering our ass in, in the event that something goes wrong, we're actually going to really look at what is going wrong, what is our approach, and what are some solutions? Yes, it makes it complex. And instead of leaving farmers to deal with this on their own, we are saying, you know what? We can solve these problems. We are really good at solving problems as a farming community. Let's us take ownership of this and let's find practical solutions for keeping one another safe. It's in our DNA, Aaron, as farmers to look after one another. And so the vision here is everyday farming people protect one another from preventable harm. So the approach is we're not leaving you alone to do it. It's too complex. We're going to do it together and we're going to enact a culture of care. We want to reframe what we're talking about in terms of health, safety and well-being. In fact, if we got health, safety and well-being as a language out of it, and let's just talk about how do we reduce harm? How do we look after one another? How do we solve that problem? That would be far better language. And the half ass campaign was really us introducing a new farmer voice to this. You know, there was nothing about, you know, health and safety very much in that campaign. And it wasn't a call out for stuff that's gone wrong. You know, we need to take shame out of the equation. We need to actually learn from failure. But it was actually, it was us as a sector saying, you know what, surely we can do better than this. And I believe we can. And part of the problem in the past is, so we have an accident or a near miss, how do we share the learnings from that? Because we've been worried around either being prosecuted or looking like an idiot or, um, you know, keeping it quiet. So one of the things that we're doing, um, so for farmers doing, is we're calling out those near misses, those we're calling them safety alerts. When something goes wrong, we're going to learn together around what went wrong um, and what a, what a possible solution is. We're not assuming that we, Safer Farms, have the answer. We're making the big assumption that our farmers have the answer. Okay. So you talked about how do we make this happen? How do we get it in our DNA? Um, all right, I'll ask that question. How are you going to do it? How are safer farms um, or Farm Without Harm rather going to achieve those aims you talked about? So Farm Without Harm is the name of the strategy. Hmm? Safer Farms is a teeny tiny organisation, but we are absolutely committed to being the, the guardian really of the strategy and working with different people across the sector to kind of make it happen. It's going to be slow without a shadow of a doubt. This is not an instant fix. We've been farming this way 440 years. So let's hope we can make some impact in five years, but it's going to take a long time. It's a systems approach, okay? So instead of just looking at things singularly and, and, and rushing to have an answer, it's a systems approach. Honestly, Aaron, hand on heart, the very first pillar of that strategy is winning hearts and minds, which is about engaging people in the, in the um, problem and engaging people in the solution and reframing what it is we're talking about. When anyone hears health safety, you get the eye roll. And, and this is not just a farming problem. This is a global problem. No one is turned on to finding solutions when they hear the word health and safety. They usually go to 
more procedures, more paperwork. They go to the more of a problem rather than what's the solution. So that first bit is bringing people together. It's about getting farmers um, engaged on board, linking into their knowledge, sharing stories of really good practice. Because let's face it, what we're actually talking about is 99% of the farmers' time, we do it right. But the 1% that when we fail, we don't have enough systems to fail safely. And inherently, that's my big push. How do we fail safely as humans? Because I talk to a lot of people and they have different acronyms around how they do health and safety on their farms. Mostly, it's it's honestly, it's about the be careful, pay more attention. You know, um, there's a farmer that talks about the ABC, always be careful. What that means is we put the onus on the individual to get it right. It's a flawed strategy because we are human and we will be distracted. The dog will jump off the back of the bike, you know, and suddenly we're in the water table and suddenly it's all on, the quads rolled. And so in that moment, there is no system that is actually going to keep us safe. Other sectors have dealt with this. Forestry is one that's really reduced their harm rates by thinking about what are the systems that keep them safe. Another example that I often use is um, builders on a building site. They now have, and, you know, I've even heard farmers say, oh, God, it's a damn nuisance, you know, we've, we've, we've got a, um, you know, scaffold now. But what scaffolding does is the builder doesn't know who is going to fall, when they're going to fall, or why they're going to fall, or how much experience that builder has. But if something goes wrong, they know they're not going to die. And so one of the problems in our sector is we do not have enough, enough systems for human failure. If we fail, how do we do it safely? So that's the first thing. We've got a knowledge that we're only human. We will inherently put ourselves inadvertently, no matter how careful we are or how experienced we are, in a situation that the consequences means we can't walk away from them. So we don't have those solutions. We don't have enough of those solutions now. And if they're out there, we hold some very stuck thinking around whether they're an adequate solution or not. Okay. Let's put some some numbers around that if you can. I suspect you do have them. Tomorrow. You talk there. In fact, one of the numbers that I remember really well from Al McCone, and again, um, keep mentioning him, was that 50% of accidents on farm half happen after 3 p.m., which was a, a real eye catcher, but I guess it makes sense yeah. when you think about it. Yep. But you talk there about um, forestry have made great progress, agriculture hasn't. Um, can you quantify that? What When forestry made great progress, what have they achieved and how does that compare with you know our agricultural industries, Lindy? Well, one of the things I think they looked at is what is causing the accidents, you know, and then what are we going to do about that? So to a certain extent, um, it's, this is different to agriculture, but, you know, yes, they approached, they looked at, uh, you know, how they were going to change the solution. They did put more systems in place. And so that was, to be frank, getting workers out of the forest and replacing them with machinery. Now, we can't do that on farm. So how do we make our workers safer? And it's beyond, it's beyond training or beyond experience. It's 
if we look at if we look at farm vehicles, we know the causes of of what goes wrong. A, there's no rollover protection. B, it's the wrong vehicle for the usage. Sometimes ridiculous things like we don't wear seatbelts. Well, I know very very few farmers that wear a seatbelt on their side by side because we've got to get off and we've got to open gates. So it's not an easy fix, Erin, and we're not pretending it is. Um, and even some of the rollover protection we've got, there's no, do you know, there's no safety standard in New Zealand for rollover protection. You know, it's 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 better than nothing, but it's not still ideal. And you know, I got really excited last week talking to the manufacturers. Um, what do they call them Ubix or something, the electric bikes, and where they they are going with you know how do we invest in electric quad bikes that actually do what we need to do. Now they're not going to be the solution for everything. Don't get me wrong. I'm a hill country farmer. In the middle of winter. You know, there's only one way you can get around your farm sometimes. But the more we invest in what is a system that's going to keep us safe, the better. And that's why we need to work together. And not only yep. once we've come up with a solution, we need farmers to trial them. We need to go, hey, we've come together as a group. We've thought about a solution. Does this work on your farm? So we need people to get in, involved. The, the key where I was going with that question is, it's just not good enough to accept it's business as usual. It's just part of farming that some people will get hurt or, or not come home because, yep. example, forestry with all its inherent dangers has actually made significant progress and got safer. But the evidence suggests, have we actually made any progress in, in pastoral farming? Um, not a lot, you know, in some. This is, can we be really honest here? This is a really triggering conversation. When I when I have this conversation with people at parties, I literally get people saying to me, ah, natural attribution. You know, if you haven't got what it takes, you just may not come home. Or they say things like farming's inherently dangerous. It's a risk we have to accept. I can tell you two reasons. I don't accept that and I never will accept it. If you really dig a little bit deeper, People can say that because we don't have solutions and inherently it worries them. Do you know? Really deep down, it worries us all at farmers that there by the, you know, hair of a dog or whatever little saying you want to go, goes I, it could be I at any time. And we're not talking enough about that. We're not talking about the fear that sits out there amongst us as farmers that we know we don't have it. A solution so we go to the old way of thinking we go to it's more it's 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 more training it's 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 more procedures it's more x y and z but some of those things yeah for sure talking about things planning all of those things absolutely help but i will still hold on to the fact that we actually have to design better solutions and we have to have really honest conversations Okay, let's talk about making things better then. So just to clarify, I've been making notes. Safer Farms is the organisation. Farm Without yep. Harm is the strategy. But the campaign, the actual, uh, where the rubber hits the road, if you like, is half-assed stops here. Yep. So half-assed stop here. What's the half-assed stops here campaign? Um, yeah, what's the significance of it? How big is it? What's happening? Okay, so that was the launch. It was our, it, I guess it was our a flag to put up as a sector 
something's mm -hmm. going to change here, guys. We're going to do something differently. So that it's not going to be the enduring thing. It was a campaign to go, wake up, look out. We really haven't addressed this properly. We've been incredibly overwhelmed with things like Iwaki Noah, carbon. How do we deal with water? How do we do with all these things? We've forgotten about how do we deal with us? How do we deal with us as people? How do we look after one another? How do we stop being mentally and physically harmed? So the half hour stop here campaign was literally going, wasn't a call out to people you've done it half assed It was actually, as a sector, we've been a bit half assed about this. We haven't paid attention. We haven't dealt with this as, as, as a solution. Um, in terms of a campaign, oh my God, did it resonate with farmers? Um, unbelievably. And what I saw in the first two weeks, in some ways it gave people permission to really start re-engaging in these conversations, in these safety conversations. I saw it on um, the socials. Um, over 600,000 people have seen that video. And some of them have seen it eight times. And they've, they've watched it right the way through. We're hearing anecdotally that it resonated because this is a farmer voice. We all know what we're saying when we talk about half ass. It's a bit like, you know, that Toyota ad where the dog used to fall off the back and into the mud and go bugger, you know. <laughs> like We know what it means to be half ass. It means we're just not, you know, we're not giving it our full commitment and energy. So when did the campaign kick off? June, June the 30th. June. And, okay. and so what, what people saw on that day, Aaron, is we, we had farmers and industry leaders signing a pledge that said, we are committed basically to work together to find solutions. So we, we signed a pledge. Um, you know, these are big organizations who've signed this pledge, you know, Beef and Lamb, Dairy and Z, Fonterra, our Rural service people like FMG, Farmlands, PGG Wrightsons, um, Fonterra, the meat companies. So it's a whole sector approach. We're just not saying, hey, this is your farmer's problem. We're going, this is a whole of sector problem. This is a, you know, this is from the boardroom to the back paddock. We are all recognizing people matter. People really matter. And all those other things I talked about, water, the environment, whatever, if we don't have people that are safe and well, what's the point? So we're going to refer people to the website. There's quite a lot of materials and resources and so on there. Um, yeah. But you've sort of touched on already. Farming is a busy business, getting busier, for, for want of a better word. Um, one of the clear findings that's come out of a lot of the research, like RMPP and so on, is that a secret to a lot of this stuff is to make it plainer or simpler or easier for, for farmers to farm. Not yep. necessarily dumbed down messages, but it's people are busy, they've got to apply it in their day-to-day -day message. So how is this campaign ad addressing that in terms of what's there for farmers? What can they pick up? What can they use yep. um, to engage, to understand, to apply the messages if um, they're interested or to even get them interested? Yeah. So one of the first things that we've been able to do is bring these tiger teams together to look at all the resources out there around safety, um, bring them all into one website and actually simplify them. So that's the first thing. Yep. The second thing is be where farmers are. So we love to come and talk to groups of people or at events and gather information, but also 
get ideas about how do we solve this. Um, things like podcasts, so people can listen to them and, and resonate. Yeah, I'm thinking about this. We've started um, lunchtime webinars. So once a month, we have farmers talking to other farmers around um, their safety challenges, but also solutions to those safety challenges. So just as you said, simple, easy things. We want farmers to get involved in solving these problems. So we're going to have these agri-think tanks where we'll put out an invitation and go, if you're really interested in around vehicle harm, if you're interested in solving challenges around our mental um, health, get involved. That's what it's about. Love to work with the Farmer Council, which is, you know, um, incredible, incredibly um, powerful group of people around New Zealand. But we are opening our arms to go, we can do this as farmers. We can do this as a sector, but we're going to have to do it together. It's the Beef and Lamb New Zealand Farmer Council. Um, just on that, so when you talk about the webinars, uh, are they different from or is that the same thing as the workshops? Oh, yeah, whatever you want to call them. I'll call them no, a okay. webinar because yep. we're, not, we're not asking people to get to turn up with their pen and paper. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to make it easy, exactly how you said, cool. easy, accessible. You don't have to leave your farm, but if you want to, that's cool. Um, and right now, that first part is rethinking how we do it and learning from others. That is a key factor in this. We've all got experiences around this stuff. How do we how do we learn from one another around what's worked and build on that? So those workshops slash webinars, they're an ongoing thing. Um, people can sign up at your website. They did you say they're monthly? Yeah, yeah, just monthly at the moment. Um, at the moment, we're talking about how do you have good safety conversations. Well, the first thing is you you don't really you know you take the word safety out and um, and we're talking to farmers about what works for them. Um, and the next one, which is, oh, oh, my goodness, I don't have the date. That's really bad, isn't it? Um, that's going to be how you have them. So, you know, as you said, there's a bit of resistance out there. So how do we how do we talk to our partners about it even? Uh, how do we talk to our farming team? How do we talk to our neighbours when we see something and think, well, mate, I don't want to be turning up at your funeral. We got to we got to have a conversation, or the young fella on farm. You know, how do we how do we engage them in solving problems? So that's what we're focusing on at the moment. The real practical stuff. And people that have uh, either can't make it on the date, and I'm not going to mention the date because this podcast will be going out for years, so that'll um, date it pretty quickly. Yeah. But um, if you're so hearing fun. about these for the first time in the future and you've missed uh, one or two, the recordings are available somewhere for people to go back, either watch the first time or rewatch if they want to refresh. Yep. So a YouTube channel. So um, you can find those on either Farm Without Harm or Safer Farms website. Gold. And the link to that will be in the, the blurb of this podcast right there in the, the palm of your hand. So other than the, the workshops slash webinars, the, the interactive sessions, um, you talked before about sort of, uh, I guess, uh, lessons learned or, or and I guess, well, I don't know if that's what they are, the, the safety alerts. Is that um, the intention of those? They're sort of a resource for farmers that are from real life situations? Absolutely. So they are pretty short and simple sort of talking about what went wrong and that these tiger teams that we're bringing together um, will look at what's gone wrong and then put up some really good practical solutions. They're also a really good way to engage, you know, your farming partner. 
So if it's the wife and husband sitting around the table and they get the safety alert to ask themselves this question, could this happen on our farm? And how do we mitigate it? What are the systems we've got in place to ensure that it doesn't? So they are about us learning from one another, but more so they're about us talking to one another and going, okay, so it's happened down the road or it's happened wherever. Could it happen here? And then what have we got in place to ensure that it doesn't happen to us? So they're, they're, a, they're fantastic uh, conversation starters, basically. And the beauty of them is, yeah, there's the information, et cetera, in them. They're based on real situations or real life stories, if you like. Um, they're not just sitting on the website, though. People can actually sign up. These things will pop up in their email, I think. Only email at the moment. You can actually subscribe, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, it'd be great if we could have it in, as an app, but we just don't have that mm. sort of funding um, at the moment. You're exactly right. But it also comes back to, you know, you sort of mentioned before, you know, health and safety is a bit of a tarnished image. And we don't share the things that have gone wrong so we can learn from them. This is a way of us building trust amongst ourselves as farmers to share that stuff. And building on that, we want the opposite of the safety alert, don't we? We want the good calls. And so that's what we want to be working on as well. What are the good calls that people are making that they know are keeping them safe? So it's it's going to be a two-prong approach because we're not we're not beating up on farmers here. We're just acknowledging that we all share a fear around how we can do this together safely. And we've got to start talking about it. Got to start sharing that information as a whole sector. Got to start coming up with the solutions. That's really what the strategy is about but it's systematically working through all of those challenges. Even if you haven't got an app, text messaging is a underrated service we've found with some of our ones, Lindy, but we can talk about that offline. Hey, look. No, um, you know what? Let's talk about it now because we yep. need people's information. So if 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 you um, either sign the pledge or sign up for the newsletter or just reach out to us so we can get your information, then we can move towards that. But if we don't know you're out there, um, how do we do that? Yep. So to do that, people go to farmwithoutharm.org.nz yep. and all the sign-ups are on there. Farms, info site on Safer Farms, just reach out to us. We'd love right. to hear from you. Nice. We'll make sure that link's in the blurb. Hey, look, I've ticked off, or and, and you've covered, and actually in lieu of me actually even having to ask a whole lot of the stuff I wanted to cover off, is there anything you think we've missed or you still want to add while you've got the microphone? Metaphorically, <laughs> got the microphone. Metaphorically, you know, I don't want people to be fearful of this or think, "Oh my God, this is just another thing to do." I want people to really appreciate that the biggest asset, for want of a better word, and I know people don't like using that word, is our is is us as human beings. We love our community. We love farming. We love the people that are in our industry. Let's just keep each other safe. Let's refocus on this. Let's let's change the paradigm. Let's make farming, because no one in, around the world has actually nailed this either, Erin. Let's be the first in the world to actually really come up with solutions that actually address this. Nice. I think that's a good spot to wrap it up, probably, Lindy. So, look, Lindy Nelson from Safer Farms, the organisation who are looking, who have the Farm Without Harm strategy and the Half R Stops Here campaign. Look, thank you very much for your time and, and joining us on 
the Beef and Lamb New Zealand Seen and Heard podcast. Well, as I said a couple of times, all the links will be in the blurb so you can um, sign up and uh, get on board with the campaign. Thanks, Lindy. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.